Welcome to the Electric Jellyfish Podcast. Where everybody has a voice. This is Shannon. And this is Chad. And this is an incredibly special moment for me. Um, they're, they're out of cue. I hope they realize that. <laughs> In case they start giggling. But we are joined by two very dear friends of mine that I absolutely think the world of. Mr. and Mrs. Brett and Bonnie Hart. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hey. Thank you guys so much for this. I mean, this, you have no idea what this means to me, what it means to us. Um, Brett, how far back do you and I go? <clears throat> I was wondering about that. I was thinking about that. I think you and I, this is a pretty wild story. You and I met, I want to say, in October 2015, about a week before uh, my best friend died, Poe. Mm-hmm. And we became really tight, and then one year later, I discovered Bonnie, and right. that was like a cathartic kind of uh, time in my life. You know, we, we were at the uh, the video fest and uh, in Dallas, and and uh, we did the, we did something very similar to this. First time I'd ever done it, and um, showed off a show, Anna Cole Harry Knowles, mm-hmm. that I was very proud of. And then I had time to kind of decide whether or not I was going to stay in the country or not. I was thinking about moving away, and then I went through a list of what it was that I wanted. Do I go out and, you know, go to New Zealand, Iceland, uh, Alaska, Hawaii, get a bunch of replacement shepherds to replace my buddy? Um, Because there's no girl out there that that was my dream girl. So Mm -hmm. I started checking the list of my dream girl. And uh, and one year later, there she was. It was Bonnie. I saw her. She was in Paris. (laughs) On her birthday with my mother-in-law. It was her birthday, too. But you all in chat, you met at the video fest then. Is that yeah, you met we've the had this time? like tight connection. I don't think you and I realized at the time our connection to the roots of Prince. So No, had, we didn't. That was totally unrealized at the time. It was it's like it's awesome too, because I had some seriously cool relationships with people who uh, just get it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I've had the pleasure of exposing Bonnie to things that she wasn't allowed to see as a little girl and um, was older than her. Mm-hmm. Um and that's one of our pleasures is Purple Rain and Prince. So Prince, so chat, so that y- y'all can laugh at me, whatever you want, but I grew up in a very strict uh, household environment, um, religious, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I wasn't, I had really, biz- I have a bizarre eclectic history, both in music um, and in popular music, but Prince, I was never exposed to. So think about that. God, you're poor. <laughs> I go on my entire in a little town in Oregon, okay? Oh, God. He's not exposed Where's to him started? whatsoever. You okay, poor, deprived then, soul. I am so well, then, sorry. <laughs> right. But then I spent another eight years in San Francisco, but studying classical music, right? So I was an opera singer. So I had all this time, and I, I didn't listen to any music. I was so busy with learning so much classical repertoire that I didn't listen to the radio or anything. I didn't even know about Purple Rain or anything. I'm not kidding you. And I had, then I, I got married. I had kids. She was sheltered. Mm. Then... I meet Brett, and he's like, let's watch Purple Rain. I'm like, oh, I remember someone talking about that once. Now I'm obsessed with Prince. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally obsessed with Prince. I'm just like, oh, my God, this guy is a genius. And I just, I love all his music. I wake up hearing it in my head. It's it's really cool, like, being exposed to all these movies and all this music that I never heard. That's what we both did, though. Yeah. Your reaction was exactly my reaction. I saw this girl in Oregon. And um, I was like, that's the most gorgeous woman I've ever laid eyes on. 
And and that's these pictures of her in Paris and in this world. Everything that she touched was gorgeous. And then I saw, oh, you're in Oregon and you have a background and, you know, you've directed Les Mis and you're an opera singer and you're the most beautiful thing I've ever laid eyes on. And I felt so bad. I was like, oh, you you're, you need to be a diamond that's polished and shown off to the world. <laughs> so, uh, kind of. What he's trying to say I is, I was married. What <laughs> 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 he's trying to say, I was married and I was about 100 pounds heavier than I am now. So, I, I when he first contacted, we have this really crazy kind of um, timeline of our love, if you will. I got married very young um, outside of my master's degree. And, you know, there's love, there's, you know, there's love and okay, yeah, we can do this. And then there's, holy crap, I can't live without, you know, I might kill someone if they try to take you away. Gee, honey, what's that like? Gee, I wonder. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Okay. So I'm not trying to dog exes or anything like that. You know, they're, they're not bad people, but they're not my person. Yes. You know? And that's a hard thing to get across, and it's hurtful. And and you and you and you look at the wake as you're going, going crap. I'm hurting. His love isn't always convenient, but it's not convenient. Right. But, we, but he what? saw me, right? And then he's telling people, "That's what did you tell your mom before you ever talk?" My <laughs> God, crazy. Yeah. So she and I have a different timeline because I saw her for a month before I actually well, said anything to her. October I don't know. I, it's a blur to me because I, I think we wrote ten thousand words to each other in two months or something like that, and then and then in time. To collect the check that was owed to me and it didn't come. Like, oh, this sucks. I, what happened? I go, how'd you have the time to do it? I said, I don't know. I lost 20 pounds or 10 pounds yeah, being, uh, writing being, to her every day. He um, loves it. I mean, yeah. It's uh, a. <laughs> God, this well, sounds familiar. <laughs> yes, it does. But I'm not the guy. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I saw her and then I found out that she was married. And I was not happy with myself. And so I walked away from that. And then I looked at her more and I was like, she's not happy. She's. She deserves. This is what I do as a director. I see the talent in people, um, and so I made uh, a decision when I left Dallas. I was at uh, my, my daughter was at a Dallas cheerleading thing, and I drove home. I was listening to "Death Is a Doorway." Oh, it "Death Is a Doorway" from um, from uh, Cloud Cloud Atlas. And but before that, uh, "Somewhere in Time" came on, which turns out Bonnie and I both love the same scores. And I just said, "Fuck it, man." <laughs> 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 And I reached out and I formally introduced myself now, and boom. That sounds like yeah, that sounds like it's something that was a long time, but let me let me go through this 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 time process because I wrote this down thinking about October 29th, he saw he saw me on Facebook or asked me to be Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. The reason he did that was because I think the composer of his movie Bone Dry, Scott Glasgow, and I went to school together the same conservatory of music in San Francisco. And so we were good friends. And so we knew each other. Uh we lost touch over the years, but Anyhow, so I was commenting on some symphony or something that Scott had posted because I'm a total musical geek. And I'm a sapiosexual. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> he, uh, so am I. And so am I. For all y'all who don't know what sapiosexual is, that means you're attracted to intelligence. And it, yeah, so when he uses big words, it's like, ha ah, ha, okay. So, anyway, <laughs> so there's that. But so that was on the 29th. He asked me Facebook friends. November 6th, which is not that far. Two days after my daughter's birthday. birthday was. Um, he he sent me a, a message and it said, let me, let me formally introduce myself. That's how it started. Very, very gentlemanly, very sweet. This is saying, I thought maybe you were the singer on one of the soundtracks, blah, blah, blah. Just very open. Well, I saw him. Okay. And this is the truth. I guess I don't, I only speak the truth is that I went, Oh my God. <laughs> and I, I was like, you know, Oh my God. But you know, I was married. I'm a very loyal person. You know, it's not something I've, 
ever looked at before. I just went about my life and business. Years but been yeah, there taking um, care of everybody. But know? I, I was anybody who's talking in my language, and my ex was not a musician or an artist in any way. So I really had very little to talk to him about. So it was a pretty amazing moment to not only see this person and then go, this person saying this, you know? Um, and for me, I was also hundred something pounds overweight than I am now. Um, I was scheduled to have so my, um, my, um, gastric sleeve surgery. So, um, this was right before that, but I was, um, I didn't feel very attractive. And, and so I, I immediately never in a million years would I ever think that he was actually approaching me for anything more than did you sing on the soundtrack? <laughs> like seriously, my, so I wouldn't even let myself assume it because I'd be like, dude, if he saw me, what I look, I mean, I was like, there's no way. Okay. This is not real. Um, and then it was November 20th. We, we kind of messaged each other back and forth. And then yeah, by, stop, stop yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things, like I said, I'm not that dude. Um, I saw right. her and, and, um, and, 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 and her ex is a, he's an attractive guy. Um, he's Greek. Um, totally different than me. And I was like, oh shit, well, that sucks. It really fucking sucks. I was like, oh, this is the girl for me. I finally found my dream girl. Uh, but then I saw the sadness in her eyes and, and we're not FJs. I NFJs, Myers Briggs. So we have a kind of a weird personality where you can call us Jedi Knights, you can call us psychics, you can call us crazy. I don't know what the hell to call us. <laughs> um, but I saw something in her and, um, and she told me her ex-husband had called, said, art is something you do. Not- uh, he said to me when I, years ago, when I finished my master's degree and I was struggling with, you know, having kids right away because I wanted to have children or to, career. or continue my career with my agent and, and travel. And in an opera career, you're, you're gone 11 months out of the year, you know, so you don't. It didn't seem like something I could do. Right. He goes, art, honey, art is something you do. It's, it's not who you are. It's something Shit. you can do. Oh, utter wow. fucking convinced myself it. And I that's convince- the opposite of right. my life. Right. I've chose my life to be an artist, which is a hard life. But if you love what you do, it's not even work. It's yeah, and that, that's the opposite of any artist's life. I mean, <laughs> art is who you are. And, and oh, you know, me. starving artist, you're lucky when you find someone who wants to continually buy your product or mm-hmm. your art that you're creating. I've went through that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Have it, y'all takes, s- it takes a lot of courage to do it, and you, and there's a lot of soul destroyers. And Bonnie comes from a, a what I love about Bonnie is she's a um, she's there for people. She's always been a people pleaser. Put herself on the bench. Um, I, on the other hand, because I had a very selfish father, am selfish, <laughs> and the two of us have made each other better. Um, because I, you know, it's my favorite film of all time is *A Private Life of Sherlock Holmes*, which is uh, about this um, this point in Sherlock Holmes' life where he has a chance of falling in love. And the question is, is he a thinking machine or does he have a heart? Well, I'm an artist. I'm a slave to art. And sometimes you have to make these huge sacrifices. <clears throat> and I felt so bad for her not being able to shine. I've had a, a lifetime of it. By the time we did Ain't Cool, I felt like, you know, I could croak right now and be pretty happy with what I've done in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this girl hasn't had a chance to shine yet. Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, what's interesting is that, um, I, you make choices. My mom was a singer and she went to music school. My dad was a trumpet player and he conducted as well. They both didn't, my mom tried to maintain her singing career, but she told me years ago, she goes, I could have gotten a recording contract, but I decided to stay home with you guys. I'm like, why didn't you get a recording contract? That would have been awesome. Don't put that shit on me. Like, what the hell? No, but yeah. But more than that, I'm like, why would, 
wouldn't I want to see you be you? Right. So this is my thing is that, and now of course, you know, um, things transpire and the life of an artist is not easy. I've written a novel. I've written 22 children's books. I've written that, that no one had 16 read like songs and, and, and musicals. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's almost, it's almost out. It's well, been no, it's been, it's been edited. But, but the point She's is She's a that, Renaissance woman and I just saw her. Like I, and I have, that's this documentary so cool. It shows I've had this ability to discover yeah. amazing people who have gone on to stardom. Yeah. And you definitely I found that. my star. No, but he has that ability. He can look at you. And I, I think I can do that too. And I, when I saw his picture, I was just like, uh, we didn't talk just to put this in reference back to the thing is that we didn't even speak to each other. We only wrote to each other. And it was almost this weird thing that like, I didn't want to talk to him cause I didn't want to jinx it. <laughs> it was so beautiful. We were communicating and writing. We didn't talk. I mean, we only wrote to each other. Then he proposed, okay, no joke. Okay. I think we talked a couple days before December 13th. So let's just go through this again. November 6th, he asked me to be Facebook friends. November 28th, we wrote to each other and declared our, like, intensity for one another. Okay, December 13th was my surgery day for my gastric sleeve surgery. Okay, I've been planning for a yeah, long I time. a real sickening feeling. I woke up super early this, that something was wrong. Right. He texts me. He goes, are you okay? What's wrong? Okay, he's been like that ever since we've been together. And I go, and of course, I'm all, I, I always tell the truth. I can't lie, right? I go, um... I'm sorry, I didn't tell you this, but this is what's happening. Because I thought he'd be against it or something, and I didn't want him to know I was fat. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't want him to know I Just was a big person. I was embarrassed, and I was like, I, you I know, by the time I meet him, I'll be thin. This will be perfect, right? 100%. So I was just like, no, it's the truth, you know? So I, I was like, oh, and, and then he said, and then at, at one point he just stopped. And he goes, will you marry me through a text? And I said, yes. I didn't pause. I didn't anything. My ex-husband asked me to marry him. I said, no. <laughs> okay. He on text. So then, but, but yeah. see, I didn't know. I mean, I just get leveled. I was married I and know, I said, yes. I didn't know. Yeah, no, that's, oh that's, that's a gray area, but you know, it is what it is. And like I said, love isn't always, you know, isn't always, um, convenient. Convenience, but I didn't know if she's gonna go through this. I didn't know exactly the whole procedure. I didn't know if she's gonna come through it, and so I had to let her know where my mind was, mm-hmm. where I would have been. And I, as I'm so glad the way things went down the way. It's almost like destiny came in and brought it all. It's always had, you, Brett. You were a bad boy in the past. You've done your penance in Austin. Your 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 best friend passed away of 13 years. His dog. Yeah, one year, and um, you know, Chad. You know, like, like you. I, I see people, and I said, "That's somebody I love." Mm-hmm. So cool. Oh, he's so he's so sweet. That's it's, and it's something that um you know um so my ex so I I like I said I've never I've never uh, strayed if you will in my my first marriage. This was something I can't live a two life thing. I can't do that. Other people do that <laughs> like a long time, and I'm not no, judging. And by the way, I'm not judging them because that's one thing. I don't judge people. You do what you have to do, how you do it, and life works the way it does, and mm-hmm. you can't judge yourself past it, okay? But um, I had a friend who did that, and, and it, things worked out okay for her. But for me, the minute I knew I was, this is my guy. Brett's my husband. This is it, right? BH, BH. We have the same initials now. You know, <laughs> he, yeah. I went to my ex the minute I got out of surgery, like that next week, you know, and I said, I, we're done. I can't. I can't keep going. I'm in love with this other person. So it was immediate. You know, I, I didn't wait. Um, and there's a lot of backstory on the whole we're, we're artist. Not gonna, and, I mean, yeah. But won't go to that. It's just, it's, it sucks. It's you know, hard. It sucks. And it's and, hard with and, kids. And yeah. I, what I call it a collateral or it was a collateral, a collateral damage. damage. Yeah. The byproduct. Yeah. You know, one and thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, 
one thing I can say about this type of situation is if either one of you, if you had been happily married, he wouldn't have had a chance. You know, the the love wouldn't have happened because you already love someone else. And because we were both still married. So we have a very, very similar story. Yes. So this is just crazy because, you know, of course, I had known Chad, you know, obviously known him. (laughs) So before. (laughs) And, uh, you know, this is so crazy how how similar this is, and if anybody's going to understand exactly what you're talking about, boy, it's us. do we ever? Mm-hmm. Well, I've, that's I've, a breath of fresh air. I've always felt like <laughs> Brett. I always felt like you and I were kindred spirits, and when I yes. when I first saw Bonnie, something told me that she and Shannon would be kindred spirits, and <laughs> Jesus, yeah. This is kind of, I mean, it's it goes deeper than I ever ever imagined because you and I never really got into depth about y'all's relationship and you know y'all and your backstory and hearing it from you firsthand and hearing how passionate you are about it i mean i literally hear you fighting back tears on some of this stuff and it is. it's absolutely beautiful uh uh i i've i've always felt like you and i had some kind of a special i don't know what it was that uh, honestly i guess kindred spirits the only thing i can really is the best way I can think to describe it that, mm. that uh, we didn't know what we didn't know. And now that we know it, we're like, well, shit, of course, of course that's <laughs> how it is. Oh yeah. The, the, the 50th, um, and, um, the 50th birthday video that Bonnie put together. <clears throat> yeah. It meant a lot. And, and, and your, your addition to it is something that profoundly hit me. Yeah, I, that meant the world to me. When she reached out to me and said, would you mind? I'm like, would I mind? I'd be offended if you didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I love the guy. I mean, I, seriously, Brett, you're you're pretty much like, you, you, I, f- I feel like we're practically related because, because we relate to each other so well. We, we, we talk to each other so openly and so honestly, and I'm like, I feel like I've known this dude since I was born. I feel like I grew up in your, I kind of like grew up in your shadow. And... I, I respect and admire the shit out of you. I always have. Same here, man. It's 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 crazy because what you're up in uh, you guys are up in Arlington, Dallas. Where were you? Well, no, we're in we're in Royce City. We're like on the outskirts of Rockwall. But when but in the '80s, where were you? Uh, we grew up in Mesquite. Okay, you're Mesquite, and um, you know I was down in Houston, and then I ended up living in Carrollton Plano and all that stuff. So we were like always like probably crossing paths. Mm-hmm. Um, probably yeah. so. Yeah. 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 That drives me insane. <laughs> just, I love, I love though that, that Dallas. That was a very um, special um, experience, and God, I hope we can get back in and, and make that happen. That'd be Let's amazing. Have a, God, have no a, kidding. That'd yeah. be amazing. That'd be awesome. I hope, I hope that happens, Chad. Me too. I, I mean, believe <laughs> me. Forward. Yeah, and, and it will be a package deal, right? It won't just be bread. It's going to be bread and Bonnie, right? <laughs> well, she's my better half. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, because uh, I mean, you weren't in the picture the last time, and now yeah. you're a big part of that picture. So, yeah, y'all gotta. It's got to be a package deal. You know, when you know, I say my best friend uh, Poe was my best friend. He got me through some hard times. I I uh, helped po build an ad shepherd. agency in uh, in Oklahoma. Poe was my white shepherd of 13 years. He was a gentle giant. He was my beautiful dog. I, I, every time I see pictures of that dog, it just it touches my soul. He was gorgeous. He was a prince. You, you know, and yeah. He could he could fuck you up, <laughs> yeah. Me, if you were to, to come near me, but he was a gentle prince and he knew when somebody's bad when I weren't. Um, 
And, you know, a year later, when I'm ready just to leave this place, it's like the, the, the universe threw Bonnie in front of my eyes and said, okay, you've been a good boy. You atone for all the sins you've done in the past. And I didn't. I was not a good boy in the past. She is my better half because she has made me um, more humble, um, more focused, more happy. It's weird. This pandemic has sucked and been you know, soul-destroying. But same time, it's kind of like a, a jubilee in the sense that you have – if you're with a person you love, my heart bleeds for those who are alone. Amen. If you love, it's amazing. A it, God. It's like yeah. being re- retired but not, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be retired. You're just fighting to make something happen, and that's what's so great about her. She, <laughs> she and I are yin and yang, and and, uh, and this is – I have to say this. is I'm not, I'm not one of these um, – I call it purple Kool Aid, and and Bonnie. So Bonnie and <laughs> yeah, I, he's purple. Bonnie, Kool-Aid. Bonnie Trust and I me. are the X Files. I am. Um, I'm Scully. She's <laughs> Fox Mulder, but no. I see weird shit, and no, I, I do background checks on people um, because the person I am. And I did one on Bonnie where it just threw a, a horoscope of ours, and it was freaking verbatim our lives. And so she's down. She's not in Cal- She's in California. She's not in Oregon. She's with um, her family, and her grandfather is. Um, this is in um, November of the year we, two thousand sixteen. I was madly in love with her. I was madly in love with her. I'd already told her watch Vertigo to see what a man looks and feels like. When of course, he's alive. I'm not letting myself because of my own she's a loyalty. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Um, but I was feeling it. it's just this night, man. It was the best night of my life, and I said, if "This is all I have. If this is all I have, then this is." Um, Bridges of Madison County, and I'm on Clint Eastwood, and I'm happy. If you know I if I die me. tomorrow, I die complete, basically. Yes, right. Yeah. Yes. He actually, wrote- I let I, I read her this horoscope. I said, "Do you want to yeah. laugh some more?" Because I was <laughs> I was saying things that were embarrassing her. Then I sent this horoscope, and you tell her. Tell well, he said, "Do you want to laugh some more?" And of course, it said, "You know, ninety nine wowza," and it said, <laughs> "You know." Um, it said the hot the hot meter is off the charts, but where the a classic couple with a kinky yeah. twist. Uh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And it went, classic and it, couple it kinky twist could not so. explain <laughs> us better in regards <laughs> to us as a female and a male. Not as an artist necessarily, but as a female and a male. Classic couple with a kinky twist. Holy, I can't even, I'm not going to go into that. I'll be honest with you because it's crazy. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. It's good. I'm saying, I okay, there's that. So we that always helps. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot. Yeah, we're very creative people, you know. So, um, but so so when, like I said, when he proposed, it was just like it was a it was a no brainer. I so in terms of purple Kool Aid, he calls it purple Kool Aid, which is this intuitiveness or whatnot, right? I'm the same way with people that he is. I can look at a picture of somebody and tell you about them it's bizarre i, I don't ask don't ask me how i'm not going to go into that because that's not what this is about but i saw these 11s I, I had just moved to portland with my two kids sophia and stavros and my ex-husband who got a job at a great place that he's he's been dying to work his entire life and we were um it was july 2016 i started seeing the number 11 everywhere Okay, to the point where I was like, thought I was gonna, I was gonna, it was like telling me I was gonna die, or I had no idea what it meant, but I thought I was gonna die, and so I was, I told my friends, I said, you know, I'm seeing elevens everywhere. When I say elevens, I mean like every number I looked at was an eleven. Every time you looked up at the clock, it was it was three eleven, four eleven. 
Yeah, but it just sounds insane, but it never happened to me. I, no, I, I never saw it. numbers and stuff like that. And I'm a person who's more of a devil's advocate. I kind of go, uh, are you crazy? You might be crazy, but then I always trust my instincts as well. So it's this weird dichotomy. Anyhow, I saw Levin's like crazy, wouldn't stop. And I just had this sensation. Um, I actually got on my knees and I, and I, and I don't pray necessarily. I'm not religious as it were. I'm more um, spiritual. Um, I'm open to not knowing, <laughs> put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I got on my knees and I just said, what are you trying to tell me? And I wasn't talking to anyone specific. I said, what is this trying to tell me? And I just heard the feeling. It's more of a feeling. I just heard the feeling of um, everything's okay. You're going You're going down the right path. And I, I, th- I heard the, the path in my head and I said, path, okay. So you put a bunch of 11s together, you get a path. And I just said, everything's going to change in November. And I didn't hmm. actually equate it. No, this is stupid. But I actually didn't equate 11 with being November 11, like 11 month of the year. Oh, I didn't yeah. actually equate mm-hmm. I just knew it. I just said, November, something's going to happen in November. All my friends know about it. I've texted them. I'm, there's proof of this, okay? I wasn't, I was, I felt insane. So then when he caught it, whenever my grandfather got ill and, and I, I called my mom, my stepmom, and I said, I think I need to, who's an amazing mother. I'm not going to call her a stepmom. Beautiful. She's my mother. She's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and she's I, my she's been a hero for this whole thing. Um, she, I called her and I said, I need to come see grandpa. And she said, no, no, you have time. He's not going to die anytime soon. I go, yeah, no, I need to come now. And he died two days later. Right. Oh, Jesus. Well, wow. I'm on the phone. Yeah. That's my weird purple cool ladies. He calls it stuff. But he, he, um, Fox Mulder. Yeah. But I yeah. knew when I, when, when I saw him, I, he's my guy. I wrote a novel. Okay. Several years ago, I describe the main character, dark hair, longish, dark hair, bright, the most beautiful blue eyes you've ever seen. Like talk, I describe him in my book. It's insane. It's also my, a story that I wrote when I was at film school you know, in Texas. It has dolphins in it. It's similar, similar storyline. Hers wow. is better. But my ex has. But but check this out. My ex has dark eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like okay, <laughs> I'm just. It, this is it was insane. So when I saw him, I just that was it. But um, aside from that, trust in your instincts. This eleven thing. Then I see him. He comes along. We're talking. You know, one thing. Then we're engaged. And then you know, I moved out of the house because I'm not going to get into this. But my ex said he had cancer. It was a ploy to keep me there, but I didn't know it. Um, Manipulation. It was pretty bad. So, you know, fast forward, a bunch of stuff happened to make it to the point where I and Brett moved to Los Angeles. No, 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 no. You have to tell them. What? This is cool. I, I was I was teeing up to do a film in Houston, which oh, yeah, I yeah, did yeah. not oh, want to do. Thank God. And um, and she just said, "Screw it. I'm flying. I'm flying to Texas." I'm oh. like. Yeah. Really? You oh, sure? Oh, yeah. And um, I think I was in Austin, so I had to drive all the way back to Houston where all my stuff was because I was staying with my dad. It's February. She's got locations in Houston. And um, it was pretty, pretty dope-ass. <laughs> I mean, so, it was awesome. So I'm at the Houston International um, Intercontinental Airport, and I'm bending into the car to grab something. I hear somebody call my name. And it was just exactly as Bonnie imagined it. I told him a long time ago when we first, I said, when I meet you, I go, I feel like when we meet, you you're going to come up to us. It is. It's yeah. in our text. You can look. Mm. So I said, when you, when we meet, <laughs> you're going to, I feel like you're just going to come up and you're sure. grab me and kiss me. And I said, if, if I had been free, I would have married you the day I met you. Yes. Yeah, and I wasn't free because the divorce wasn't final, you know, but he, that's what happened. I walked out. I saw him and he was turned around and I said, Brett, and he turned around, looked at me, didn't say a word, came straight up to me, put his hands on my cheeks, kissed me, and said, hi. And I said, hi. <laughs> and that was it. 
You want to say how many times a person can do it in four days? It's like we've already been together. <laughs> 19 times. <in> Jesus. <laughs> We, we've beaten that record since. Oh, since. I, you know what? I the always, pan, the pandy will bring that out sex. in you. Pandemic sex. That's where it's at. Baby. I always wanted my Lombard, you know? Uh, and I've always loved Clark Gable. And we fun. just, we got married uh, on stairs, oh, hidden okay. on Beachwood, underneath the Hollywood sign, right across from the home that they owned. Yeah. So it's been... Uh, and they had a tumultuous time, too, because yeah, you know, he was were, married they when they were, were together. Not, right. They had it hard, hard on us. But and, we've... It was a huge sacrifice. We've we've had some collateral being, damage being and some kids, scars. Being away um, from kids has been incredibly. I can't even describe to you the pain that has been. Um, and and that's too. I don't want to get into all that. This is not a town to that. be in. Yeah, especially now, <laughs> especially now with the pandemic. And, and by the way, I I saw this pandemic coming before it happened. It was bizarre. We wrote a script on it, but that's okay. really yeah. wow. Yeah, we yeah. did it before it happened. But Shannon, you know, what's interesting is that I. Um, I don't know how you, how y'all, how it happened with you guys um, when you got together and in, in, in relationships, you know, when you found the person that you're supposed to be with, it's like a magnet. It's the other half of your atom from the beginning of time that you just have to be together. There's no other choice. I, I had no choice. I, I didn't feel like I had a choice. It's just, there was, was no free will. You should see her face right now, Bonnie. <laughs> I said the exact same thing. And, and here's, an, yeah. here's another yeah. strange thing that we have in common. My ex, I, I was married for 14 years, and wow. um, he, he ended up dying last year. So it's really strange. You know, you said that your, your ex had been ill. Had, you know, cancer is pretty scary, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he kept, t- and he told me this, and I've always felt kind of bad about it. He said, um can you just stay with me for another year because I'm not going to live much longer than another year. And I'll be damned if he didn't. He died. And I have felt pretty terrible about it ever since. But he was no, abusive. No, no, no. He was an abusive person to me for a very long time. So I put up with a lot of crap from this guy for years. And, yeah. but I feel, I felt terrible. But this is really, really the bad part, and it shows what a horrible person I am. I was more upset no. about losing my dog. The uh, week, the, the, the two weeks two later, weeks later yeah. uh, he was really old. My little Charlie was very old. He was a long-haired wiener dog, and I loved him to <gasps> death. Loved uh-oh, him uh-oh. to death. Do we have another? Do we have another common thread here? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, no! And then I oh, lost God. poor little Charlie, and I still miss him. But I don't miss my ex, and you know, God forgive me, or the universe, or whoever needs to forgive me. But you know, when I was done, I was finally done with that relationship, and and Chad actually asked me to marry him in a in a text, and I told him, I said, I said, are you talking about getting married? And he was like, Yeah, <laughs> and and when I finally saw him again in person for the first time, I said. I need you to say it in person. I want more than just a text message asking me to to marry you. And, you know, we he asked me when we're naked. But, you know, that's another story. <laughs> hey, Where was he, though? You said in person. You didn't say clothes. Didn't say you had clothes on. I didn't. Yes, there were no conditions. <laughs> there were no conditions. Yeah, no conditions. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that went. <laughs> 
how you start and that's where it ended. Started and started <laughs> that was it. And yeah. the beginning. That's where it began. To the beginning. So again. sorry, and that's where it began. Began again, not the end. Mm. No, but Shannon, that's, it's interesting that you say you know, all these things. My ex actually went through a major illness, um, had a colon taken out, this whole thing. Prior to, five yeah. years Prior of us, yeah. You didn't barely make it, you know, from mm. the beginning. Um, again, not a bad person. He wasn't abusive to me. I'm sorry that yours was, because that's just, that's awful. I'm sorry I had to deal with it. I'm glad you have someone like Chad now to love you the way you should be loved. You know, that's important to find someone to, the way the, to love you the way you should be loved. You know, that's important. Um, and you know what? For the fact that, you know, he got sick a year later and he said he was going to, that's not a reason to stay with someone. Mm. That's being called held that's hostage. Not a, that's being held hostage. And you mm-hmm. know what? He should have said, he goes, I'm not going to be around for the next year, but I want to see you happy before I die. That's what he should have said to you mm. if he loved you the way you should have. So you move on and you let that go and you wash your hands of it because you deserve happiness and that's what matters. And I will say that, you know, when we got together, I lost probably 85% of people I knew. Mm. This is what I say. And most this, of my family. This is what I say. <laughs> not most of your family. Not most family. No. What you yeah, did is she pruned. And you, what you do is you, you prune the fair weather people, the, the non-true friends. Authentic people will stick with you. And, you know, I lost. I lost. I lost my, my daughter. Judgmental um, people. Yeah. Because of, um, you know, exes. Um, oh, I don't geez. know. I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know. I'm not going to be in any way, shape or form. Uh, stereotyping, pointing fingers, or anything, but uh, sometimes there's a cold dish of passive aggressive, and it sucks. But this is not a town. This is not a town for humans to live in. This is the hardest. You know, when John Houston calls this place a cage, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have no choice. This is where you are. This is where you, I had to leave people I loved in Oklahoma. A lot of people I loved, um, and that's all, the, the sacrifice of doing that. I I didn't have a choice. Intuition. I felt like I've always felt like I'm um, a salmon going upstream. This is my time. I have to do this, mm-hmm. and that's what Bonnie. I saw Bonnie. I've never been more assured. Every time I'm assured of what I have to do, it's not every day. It's every five, ten years. It leads to something beautiful. I'll sit across from the producer of Schindler's List. You know, when I put my own money and a credit card down and I gambled that I have a talent. That shit happens, and and that's why. You know, just when I saw her, I had to go for her and and you know let the chips fall where they may. And you know, true friends will be there, true family will be there. Um, there will be unconditional love. And if there's conditions, that's not love. That's not yes, love. Yeah. Uh, God, Amen, wow. Amen to everything you, know, you just said. Oh yeah. The, 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 a, you know, again, there. I've lost track just since you guys have been talking of how many times we've looked at each other from across this table, going. Holy shit! I have these folks been living in our heads. Yes, this is very, very similar uh, situation. It's just crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm estranged from my daughter. You know, th- oh. through all this, and you know, I, I lost a bunch of friends that I thought were were true people that turned out to be just right. fair weather. Um, Judgmental. Yeah, oh God, yeah. you have no yeah. idea. Well, yeah, I guess you do. Yeah, I think they do. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it definitely seems like we've spilled a lot of the same blood in the same mud. Boy, that's for sure. Yeah. But you follow uh, your almost, heart, mm-hmm. and you have to. Yes. <laughs> Bonnie, I yeah. guess you definitely followed your heart, didn't you? <laughs> I did, and you know the collateral damage. Oh, God, I just caught that. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was bad. Uh-huh. Da, 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 da. But that's such a cute it's last R-T. name, though. Heart to heart. Such a cute well, last what, what, is, what is the quote, though, about throwing the stone? What is it? Unless you cast the first stone? Okay. Yeah, but, you know, if you don't have sin, 
Yeah. Oh, who's perfect? Oh, who's right. fucking perfect? That's Nobody. A, that's a problem. Nobody I've ever met. Mm-mm. It was it was a big thing where my ex, you know, called a bunch of people and told me he had cancer. So they all felt bad for him. Then I was a horrible person leaving the person with cancer. I would never do that. But then I he told me, you know, he, I would, anyway. I would, man I, up, I would man up and say, this is what you need. Yeah. It's what you want. And I would, I would give, hell, I gave my ex and, and so did. I did. Fine. I gave him everything. Gave him everything. I gave him the house. We want I our children everything. to be provided for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to suffer because of our, our, mm-hmm. our lives. Yeah. I'd rather somebody but be happy without me than miserable with me. Mm. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. And I honestly, I just wanted everyone to be happy and be okay. And at the time, you know, how things worked out in terms of time, I had no chance to work. I couldn't work and try to create a living, you know, with the hours that he was dictating. And it was awful. And I, I left the house so that he could not die in a house, in an apartment by himself. But that was all lies. It was all a lie. So it ended up one thing after another. Karma. And so finally, my, you know, my stepmom just said, why don't you guys just move to LA and give it a shot? Just go, just go for it. And I said, okay, and, and we, if but, I but, do but this. Let's step back here. Yeah. When I was in Austin, I told um, – I didn't tell you this, Chad, but I, I probably told everyone because I had been here. And this is not a place you go to if you don't have love in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's why the pandemic and people who have been alone, oh, I, I yeah. hurt them. Yeah, it's yeah. been awful. Hard town. But if you're with the person you love – if I found Bonnie 30 years ago – um, we'd be owning this town. I hate to say that, but we are a lethal weapon. It's a hundred percent true. And you know what? Preparation meets opportunity. That's what luck is. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I will say that for you fifty know, years, I was looking for my my uh, natural blonde. Oh hush, hat. Pale, he has a thing. He has a thing. Uh, apparently, I have a type, is what she said. But I, I, I have all flavors. But she is my type. She is the wait, type. Wait, She's what my did, what did you tell that little girl in first grade or whatever you said? Are you my? What was it? It was like. I dude, I'm such a. I'm He's such a. a I'm such a, a, a geek. So no, geek. Romantic. In third grade in Michigan, in third grade in Michigan, I quoted Hitchcock's um, North by Northwest, and I told this girl who looked like Bonnie, and I never kissed her. I never anything. I asked her to be my girlfriend, and we weren't even in the same class. She said yes. That was so bizarre. How'd you? Couldn't call it. I, I can't remember. We were in the hallway. And I, but what I did say to her, walking to the bus, walking her to the bus, is that I, this is a quote from Hitchcock's North by Northwest. I have taste in women. I like your flavor. <laughs> That's what he said. In third grade? <laughs> I had no idea. What you Renaissance man bastard. Jesus. I'm telling you. This guy. That was smooth. <laughs> I had no yeah, game in 12th grade. This motherfucker here. Is quoting Hitchcock in third. Damn. Yeah. I bow to you, sir. I bow to you. Ah, stop. (laughs) I will say what what was weird, okay, about me not knowing who Prince was or any of these people. Yeah, right. Um, But I had, um, but I had a very different type of um, of upbringing, and in the beautiful, I have nothing, no complaints about my upbringing. It was beautiful. It was lovely. It was so many wonderful things. I realized how many things other people, yeah, other people did in their lives that. You know, change, yeah. right? But I wouldn't change anything because it was beautiful. My mother was amazing. My dad was amazing. Stepdad, stepmom, everyone was fantastic. It was that um, you know I was exposed to musical theater, the opera, jazz, all these different things. Um, but you were censored, and that's something. Well, I, when I was told not to watch Dress to Kill yeah. in Clockwork Orange, guess what? Bret Hart did in you know, fifth or third grade. <laughs> Waited till eleven o'clock at night. Everybody was asleep. He saw Dress to Kill and he saw his idea of a dream girl, which oh, was God. the body devil from Penthouse who was doing Angie Dickinson's stand in. Like, oh my God, that's park. what I want the rest of my life. It only took me 50 
40 something years to the find car- her. Carpet match the drapes comes to Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, there's that. Um, <laughs> so, just saying. That's so rare, actually. Twist. That is rare. That's very rare. Well, 2% of the world. 2% is 3%. Mm. But anyhow, so, but, but, but growing up in that way, um, you know, when, when I met Brett, you know, he's a director coming from this very, you know, cinematic space. Well, my, my, my dad and my stepmom, they owned video stores, you know, <laughs> so they were one of the first people to open video stores in Northern California. Later, years later, they would sell all of them to Hollywood video. I think it was like 20 stores or I can't remember how many stores it was, but so they had Eastman, Eastman, Eastman video. video and then they sold them all to Hollywood so video. Cool. So oddly I grew up and they had a home theater, like a theater They're in their house. Dad. Yeah. But they, so I'd visit them, you know, six times a year or whatever it was um, to see my dad. But I, I know I didn't watch a ton of movies, but whenever I did, I watched somewhere in time. I watched you know, these, um, uh, Peggy still got married, whatnot. I would go to the piano. Now, when I went to my, my mom tried to get me piano lessons, but when I went to piano lesson, they said she's unteachable. I said that. I was unmanageable. <laughs> Shit. So I mean, they said she's unteachable because I wouldn't look at the music. I would only play by ear. I would just watch the teacher do it and then I'd do it. And so I, so from that moment on, I thought, oh, I can't read music, but I would listen to, let's say I'd watch somewhere in time, for example, or whatnot when I was a kid at my dad's house. And I would go to the piano and I would replay, I'd play it back. Um, the score because I loved it so much. So I had all these, all these scores Roman that I would play Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, Roger, all these different composers that I would play, not knowing what they were or anything, you know? So years later when he sends me, um, when we were just texting or, or writing each other, he sends me a, um, Vertigo. Well, Vertigo, but you know, you sent me, um, okay. But he, <laughs> that's another scene. If you've never <laughs> seen the scene d'amour from Vertigo, it's intense as heck, but he sent me Peggy Sue got married. And I go, yes, I know this. I used to play this on the piano. Wow. And I knew that score like it was part of my being, you know. Um, so this is a director who's meeting a person whose whole life was music. We're just this, it, it was meant to be this symbiotic synergy, you know, of two people that had a little bit of, of I've directed musicals as well and stuff. Um, and he's, and he's in love with music, but he's a director. Like so these opposites. Three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. My brother, my brother went to, um, the same, the same um, band teacher. teacher, and he goes, "Are you related to Bret Hart?" That was pretty damn cool to me. And he was using my clarinet. Um, <laughs> my trouble was at the end, I got attracted to um, uh, natural blonde um, girls, oh, and uh, so I went from first chair clarinet to. See, the thing last. is, Shannon, is that you know this as a blonde is that you don't think of yourself when you're blonde like you don't think to yourself years. you're special you're and you so meet someone rare. like that. You go, I'm rare, really? I'm rare? You're rare. It's like your whole family is blonde or blue-eyed or like my entire family it has green eyes, like super green eyes. Which and we don't rare. think anything about it, you know, but yes, it is right. very rare to have green eyes. And we all look at each yeah, other like, we're, we're freaks, aren't we? We're genetic freaks. That's what my, all of my cousins, <laughs> we look at each other. <laughs> So you got green eyes? You're very green. Yeah, my first my first wife had green eyes. Um, Uh Oh, and the guy that I said no, that's not bad. She's very artistic. Super. Actually, so this is a weird thing. I I on um I kind of call it like the I call I have never called it anything, but I've kind of felt like it was the end of the old Brett. You know, there was the time where um, these assholes, excuse my French again, were trying to naysay. Bonnie and to be with me because I was allegedly a womanizer. Yeah, I've had some experience. 
I've had some experience, and I have no regrets for that's that. Like, that's like a Gene that's Simmons. I was looking that's for like some my Gene woman. Simmons going, I have some experience. <laughs> I, I might have had sex once or twice. Like green, eyes. Yeah. green eyes are beautiful to me. They're rare. They're beautiful. Um, I love green eyes. And so, so it was my friend that uh, was a producer that yeah. sat across uh, the producer Schindler's list. It's a very rare. I mean, uh, I like rare things. So does my my boy Stavros. Yeah, my our son, our boy Stavros. Yeah, so there's kids are so much like Brett. Like my daughter's like a carbon copy of him in Excuse every me. way. Oh my gosh! And my and, and my daughter, yeah. um, I love I love the love. She's so sweet, and so smart. So our focus is to kick ass in this town. Yep. Create something beautiful, and everyone can live on our Shangri La. That's, yeah, we're gonna build a bunch of like little houses where all the kids can come stay. And, and mom. <laughs> Just in yes. case we want to have crazy wild sex, no one can hear it. <laughs> Good plan. <laughs> you know, I, I, I still find it kind of odd that you know she she taught herself music by basically playing music from film at a piano mm-hmm. without learning yeah. how to read it. You do realize that's pretty much how Prince learned, right? Yes, wow. I know this because I actually did some research on the guy after I found out about him, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this this guy, like I had so much. Um, um, he had so much fervor for music and he had such a difficult childhood in a lot of ways, you know, but music is the thing that kind of kept him going. And for me, that was the same. I sang with my mom, my mom played guitar and everything, but I could only, um, I didn't, you know what? I got into conservatory. I also got into Juilliard, a bunch of different conservatories. I chose the San Francisco conservatory because it was near my dad. And I hadn't had a chance in my life to really get to know my dad as well as I wanted to, because I was living in Oregon. It's far away. So I chose San Francisco conservatory, um, over, all the other big, big, bigger names. Um, but I was accepted into these conservatories without learning. I didn't read it a lick of music, which I don't know if you know, understand what I'm saying about. I'm, I'm talking about is Yo-Yo Ma. We're talking like prodigies who, 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 who auditioned for these, for these um, conservatories who, you know, obviously are amazing. And I didn't read music. They said I was the only person they'd ever accepted in the hundred years they'd been there or whatever that didn't read music. Wow. And so, right. <laughs> so I, I just, um, when I got into my first class, I was alone. I was sitting there with this guy, James Garner was his name. Isn't that funny? Mm. Huh. Anyway, he was my, my <laughs> teacher and Scott Fogelsong as well. And, you know, these were great composers and such. And they said, um, I said, I'm so embarrassed, you know, to be around all these people that are so well-versed. And he said, no, no. He goes, you're coming from a place of inspiration where you can look at the piano and feel something and hear something. He goes, it's, mm. it's from you. Mm-hmm. No one can take that. Away. Do you know how hard it is to train these guys to have something original? <laughs> he goes, they all copy something they've done. They're all looking at how the system of it, as opposed to the feeling and the organic mm. quality of it. And that's something I appreciate in Brett because Brett – brings that, you know, Brett brings that to, um, his, his directing, you know, I came, I've studied Shakespeare for eight years. I've studied acting, you know, for a long time, such as well. Um, classical trained, classically trained me. Right. But him, when I watch him direct, he has the person do it over and over and over. And I, I sat there and I was like, okay, this seems laborious. And he did it to me. Okay, he directed me and I've been directed by a lot of amazing directors. Okay. I'll be honest with you, but he directed me. And he pushed me, kept saying to over and over. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Just tell me what you want, right? He wouldn't tell me what he wanted. He just said, do it again, do it again, do it again. And as a classically trained actor, singer, I felt um, exposed and very vulnerable and scared, which isn't normal for me because I played lots of crazy roles in my life. Um, But it made me get to a center 
that that expelled a very vulnerable sensation. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Even as far as we went in that, I never got to the true center because I know my true center. I know what that feels like. Never got to the full thing because I didn't allow it out. But he he gets to you on a visceral level that I've actually never experienced with a different director. Hmm. Um, most directors see where you're getting a little nervous and they push you a little bit, but not too far. He says, no, I want everything. I want it all. And um, that is a very rare quality. And I have to say from, like I said, from the actor's point of view, you can either look at that and get annoyed by it or receive it and be elevated by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learn and- from it. Yes. Absolutely. So that's something that, you know, he's taught me as much schooling as I've had master's degrees and almost PhD and such, you know, in, in, in this, in this world, um, he's taught me so much about how to just be free within yourself and connect to who you are and not worry about other people say, having been a people pleaser, raised a people pleaser, his, he was raised and he was oppositional defiant, you know, I had to be, be balanced. I had to be. Yeah. But you have to learn to, I had to be, yeah. no, but I had to be, I had a, yeah. Uh, an abusive babysitter that held everybody back. Every, everyone that was abused by this woman, so um, they were held back. Not myself because I don't know. It's just I, I wouldn't allow my life to be altered by somebody that, that was it's a strong piece aberrant, of PTSD you know. from that situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, and my father was soul destroying. Um, he was. Um, I love him. I miss him. He, he died about two years ago. Um, but I also have issues with. The way he raised, uh, like I love my daughter, I love our children. I I want to make I want to make Sophie and Stavros like super successful because I'm fortunate enough to have a family that is um, embracing. My mom was like that. My mom was embracing. His mom's my amazing. Brother and my cousin. Were His embracing. mother is like. I had to fight oh, somebody, and, and in the end, I kind of feel bad because I see some of the stuff I did, and as a, as a young young man to put on your first short film. You know, all these things, thank you, mom, blah, 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 you know, love this and that, dedicated to Richard Franklin, director of Psycho 2, my mentor. And thank you, dad, for the criticism. I never took it, I never backed down to fight. I will never back down to fight because um, you got to always be true. It sucks, man. It, I hate it. Well, but you can't, you can't, um, you can't allow anyone to, to, to crush your dreams. And that's why mm. I think I'm a good director because I protect my artist. Oh, he's very protective of his artist. And I would say this too that, you know, it's interesting when you have a PTSD from traumatic situations, right? Whether you're a child and or, or a <clears> family, a family member. I'm an it, artist. It's a Bernard Herrmann was my favorite composer, and yeah. my dad and I argued about. It. I was seven years old when he died. He died after writing the score of Taxi Driver. He wrote Citizen Kane. He wrote Bernard Herrmann. He wrote Ray Harry. All these special effects movies. He wrote the best of the best, and Amazing. he wrote the one piece of music that captures my uh, vision of what a man feels like when he's in love. And she said, Rope didn't have that much music. It was right, but she said, some Hitchcock didn't have much music. I threw vertigo at her. I said, I threw my, I threw my nuts out there. And I said, okay, <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to let her know I'm in love with this woman. But you got to understand, I was, in a, I was in a store with two kids walking around the store <laughs> trying to shop. And I get this and the other text side from of the universe. This, 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 this guy that I'm uh, about a little bit. And it has a vertigo. And I'm like, okay, I have to look at this later. Now, mind you, again, I had seen the rope, you know, rope. The rope. If I know, don't I know? Here's last of me. See. Okay, <laughs> and now I'm, of course, I write screenplays. So this is hilarious. I think no, it's, I think it's all hilarious. Best, well, okay, but I will say that um, rope didn't have any music, so I always thought Hitchcock didn't have music, <laughs> which is absurd. That was, that was my. That was just, my. Okay. 
Do I do this? <laughs> yeah, I can't back. No, I have to I'm about to piss this woman off. <laughs> I was about to say, I always remember, no. I always remember yeah, Psycho, that? that music from Psycho. You know, <laughs> well, the one that sticks in my head is Twisted Nerve. Oh. So Bernard Herrmann is the prince of uh, soundtracks, of film scores from that one. era. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he did not. You know, my dad called him an asshole. I said, "You're the asshole because he's an artist." Bernard Herman wasn't an asshole. You know, and, and, and Hitchcock and Hitchcock was the, art, uh, the asshole for selling out. And yeah. and so, uh, and we're doing this documentary with my ex um, partner in crime at Sky Media, and he's kind of the Hitchcock, and I'm kind of the fucking Bernard Herman of all things. I have a, a life in music. I love music more than anything. That's why this woman is my goddess because you know, <laughs> she she represents everything. I didn't want to do. I want to enjoy. I've I've often had that conversation in my own head of what would be the hardest thing to live without, music or film. Yes, music or film. Yes. music or film. I and it's so it? hard to make that decision. More often than not, you music wins. Music, could you? No, no fucking you could way. Not live without music. No, no. There's no fucking way. I'd like. Uh, I'd, I'd rather. I'd rather go blind than deaf. Yes. Well, we've talked about that. It too. sucks. I'm a director, but at least I'd be happy listening to you know. Mm-hmm. Prince, Bernard Herman, my wife. Well, Beethoven was deaf, but he Everybody. could still hear the vibrations. He could still hear the melodies in his head. As long as you, you know? can hear the music, it's, yeah. that's 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 the the sound. You know, when you wake life. up in the morning mm-hmm. and you can hear the head, you know that's what this works out. But I agree. You know, for Brett, you know, music is self regulating, so that's how he regulates his emotions. If he's yeah. sad, he wants to be happy. Certain music on, and I, that's why I always I'm know. Just, that's I how I always music. know where he is at. I yeah, always like, know mm. what he's feeling, what's going on in his brain by what I'm hearing him play in his office. Yeah, it's and like, then I'm like okay. the, even if we get an argument, he plays certain certain things that brings us back to center. You know? the, the the episode that we did two episodes back, with the the days of Bartles and James, when we were talking about the music that kind of that kind of helped define us, and t- to me that was the the single biggest determining factor of what of what my personality became. You know when. Because originally that's all I did listen to as a kid was film scores. I mean, I was obsessed with John Williams and John Barry and Jerry Goldsmith. That's all I ever fucking listened to. That's the only records I, did I not owned. Fucking know that. Yes, that's all. That's that's, that's the only yeah. records I owned up until Thriller. I mean, that that's basically. Well, actually, no. I well, yes, it's a film score, but the Flash Gordon soundtrack that Queen put out in nineteen. Yeah. Queens, by the way, that's a great score, as cheesy as the movie is. That's a great score. Oh God! Well, I love that film. It's just it's it's the ultimate guilty ah. pleasure for me. To me, it's it's it, it always pleasure. should have been the follow up to Rocky Horror. That should have been the next midnight movie. <laughs> I've always felt and that way. Yes. I said that to Bonnie yesterday. What's that? I called this my guilty pleasure. It's Queen King Kong. The yeah. seventy six version is a guilty pleasure. Oh well. God! And and Dino is responsible for both of those. He's a producer on both of yes. them. Yes. And my and and my. Shadow Spirit. I don't know what you call him. John Gorman. When I was in a cool, I tried calling him and he had just died a month before. Oh, God. I left him a voicemail and Bonnie being. Oh, believe me, I know. (laughs) Oh, I was saying that for your listeners. My better half. My better half. She she goes down some avenues. I'm like, why are you doing this? And and then I'm like, well, I'll never question you ever again. Um, and she tells me, I was in the house. I'm like, by the way, why did your phone die in Topanga to a government? Well, I was at, she, well, she said, I, I bet you won't guess where I was at. John Gorman's house. Well, by the way, oh, all my life, the, the guilty pleasure, yeah. and I think you and I have the same love, Chad, is King Kong 76. I love yes. it. I, you know, not the best movie, but there's something beautiful about it. And mm-hmm. I think it's a bittersweet 
you know, love tragedy and, and, and a great director struggling with shit. Oh, I just think y'all like the, the best. Blonde. You don't like the blonde? That's not the oh, no. no. I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That movie, the way that version of Kong ended, de- to yes. this day, devastates me. Yes. Absolutely yes. devastates me. Yes. The one from 33, it didn't, it, I didn't, I didn't shed a tear. Every <laughs> single time I see Jessica Lang at the base of that freaking, uh, that's yeah. one of the main things I wanted to do whenever I went to New York City in in '90 mm-hmm. was to go to the top of the World Trade Center just because he had been there. Oh wow! And so Chad, do you play? Wow. Do you play instruments, or are you? No, I'm I'm, I'm uh, I've got a guitar that I've never learned how to play because I I'm always swearing that if I ever get a replica of Princess Cloud guitar, I want to be actually be able to play the motherfucker. But but we sit on the bike. <laughs> Shut up, Brett! Don't scoreboard <laughs> me with that shit, <laughs> you bastard! Just take me with you, man. I, I know. As soon as I saw that picture, I'm like, he's rubbing my face in it now. She took me with her. That's what my wife does. <laughs> you know what's funny, Pat? You know what's funny? Because mm. I wrote him a song called "Take Me With You." <laughs> Damn! I fuck, I'm, I'm fucking serious. Before I ever knew about Prince or any songs, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know this is like you guys were like, "What is happening?" Like, and he says. Who's that composer? And, and I say, like, you know, Mozart or Monteverdi, and the people don't know who they are. I freak out because I'm like, ah, I can't know this. So I, I get it, it's the same. But I, um, I wrote him a song, "Take Me With You," because I just I had felt stuck in my life for so long, you know, not heard and not mm-hmm. I had no one to talk, mm-hmm. no one to talk to. Yeah, about um, art and and creation, you know, and um. And he just, you know, one time I was upset and um, he came in the room, he, he put my shoes on and he took my hand and he put me in the car and we just drove. And I just had this song in my head. I'm like, take me with you because it's just like having someone to grab you by the hand and take you with them on a journey mm-hmm. and not being stagnant, not being stagnant in water, you know, Right. I think it's so important and to never lose that, you know? And so that's when she changed me because, um, Okay, now we're all crying. <laughs> I think this documentary is awesome to do because, you know, I've looked at myself as a dick for a long time. You're not. <laughs> well, you, you can, to, you have, but you're not. You, know, you have to fight for a vision, and, and it's not that you want to. You have no choice. Mm-hmm. Right. You've got to scratch it out of your head and put it on put it on some sort of yeah, canvas for people to see. To yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's hurting. And I oh, go up and get her. Yeah. Like good. No, and, and that's you know everything we approach in our life as as writers. Um, I was, uh, by the way, yeah. I was in Oregon. Mm-hmm. I was new there. We were dealing with the bullshit of the divorce papers and all that crap, and it, it just it was supposed to have been done. Uh, it was not. It was a game, uh, and so it was hard on us. And a lot of people, this pandemic alone is so destroying. It had to just yeah. destroy so many. It brought us closer, and everything that we've done, people who would doubt us, don't doubt us. These are these are not the people to doubt. <laughs> we know what we want. We commit, and we don't commit. I don't commit at all. My wife knows I drag my feet. When I commit, I'm a thousand percent in, not mm-hmm. hundred. And and that's why. Um, what was she telling you about that? That yeah, I remember that moment, and yeah. she started changing me to a better man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, Shannon has made me the best version of myself that I feel like I could ever possibly have been. I can Aww. tell. That's you guys are a gorgeous couple. So are you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We we often say I I 
I hope that people see us the way I'm sure people see the hearts. Yes, I, 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 hope, uh, yeah, I hope all of these doubting people who doubt all of us are having to eat some crow because <laughs> they, we hope they're like, losing. Oh, they'll never make it. You're making the worst mistake of your life. This is what Chad heard from some of his friends. Yeah. And uh, you'll never do any better than your than your ex-wife and, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, the, there's nothing wrong with the with the ex-wife it's just she was the wrong person for mm-hmm. him she was married to my right. husband <laughs> she just didn't said, know yeah. it <laughs> yeah right well and i think that people too you know wow. i'm an over sometimes i'm Some overly people. empathetic too much you know I, I i put myself in other people's shoes too much where i never walk in my own you know and that has yeah. been in the past what happens to me and um and the thing is that judgmental people that are judgmental (laughs) judgmental people um there was someone told me once they said if your boat if you're around a bunch of boats and your boat starts to rock there's there's a wave that happens it hits other boats around you Mm -hmm. and then their their boat Mm -hmm. rock and then they don't know then they feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so they had pigeonholed me as a fat loser mom you know what i'm saying this these are the things that and they felt comfortable with me there But when you change and you shift things so that you're your true self, suddenly you're a selfish person, Yeah, you know? And Mm -hmm. I say that my kids, my kids, my ex told them that, oh, your mom cheated on me. I actually hadn't because I left him before I ever. Neither one of us would do that. Emotionally, yes. Yes, emotionally, yes. All's well and good as long as you maintain yourself within the parameters of their description of you. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So when I when I left and I moved into an apartment and I was you know, okay, that's when I allowed myself to go meet him in person, right? Because of separation and such, and I felt like that was okay. The kids asked me, they go, "Are you cheating on dad?" And I, I sat them down and I said, "Look, there's the law of man and there's the law of nature. <laughs> the law of man says you have to have um, a little document here that's signed that says I belong to this person or not." Then there's a law of man that a uh, law of nature that says, is this the person that you're supposed to be with or not? I go, your dad is not a bad person. And I'm so happy that we got together because we had the two of you. Yes. And that's a beautiful yes. thing. And Same I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that back for the world. I go, but mommy isn't herself mm-hmm. around daddy as much as she's around herself. Okay. So I had to have that conversation because I'm an honest person and I try to tell them things in the way that they understand. Right. But, but at the same time, you don't. I told them I would never lie to them. I don't lie to them. You know what? The, the, ever. They are I, my my personally. They love. They, they love and Lisa and Bill, my mother in law and father in law, are my um, my heroes. And in particular, with children that see the truth of things, to see that their mom's happy. Um, mm-hmm. I adore. I adore. I always wanted a son. I've got one, <laughs> and and I've always wanted to be able to promote uh, my daughter. And she's like me, so that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a challenge. But she's <laughs> oppositional. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not My wife and I should have been in front of the camera and no. done the Mel Gibson thing and did it backwards. <laughs> I was a stubborn asshole because my dad made me that way. But mm-hmm. um, iron sharpens good. iron, though, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I want I want to make our um, I'll make Sophie. I want to make her. Uh, a celebrity, and I want to make my my wife Bonnie. I, I mean, want my God. Yeah. We've done so much this year, this pandemic, and not enough. 
We haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah, and we, same, same here. Every other day is genius. We have, and, and I'm not lying. I'm not tooting my own horn. I've been around, but I know that there's super amounts of genius going on. It's not just me. It's my wife makes that shit happen. Well, mm-hmm. I was going to say that. And she's also sexy as hell. Okay. She's naked. <laughs> you can that inspires like, I'm under the impression they really dig each other. You think? <laughs> <laughs> They're so they're so freaking standoffish about it. You oh know? yeah, real subtle. I yeah. wish they were more transparent. Yeah. Yes. We're those people. Oh no, <laughs> we we want to be those people too. We've gone out and said, "Man, I hope we make people sick." Life is too short, you know. Just be happy, well, and if people don't like it, fuck them. <laughs> I mean, that is just the way I feel about it. I'm 51, and I don't care anymore. <laughs> I spent enough of my life being unhappy. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's true. It's letting. It's letting. It's a lot of letting go and shedding a skin that wasn't yours to begin with. Mm-hmm. It, well, I remember someone telling me once, you know, these people put you on a pedestal. You didn't put yourself there. They put you there. Right. And they can't wait and, to knock you. And they can't wait to knock you off of it. Mm. Well, or, or when, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But even so, you know, it's, um, I think the life lesson for me is always trust your instincts. And um, there's a, there's a really fine balance between, uh, you know, empathy is number one, most important thing in life, right? If you don't Mm -hmm. have empathy, we don't connect to the world. That's why I love Prince. That's why I love Prince I I think that's what we have, Chad, you know? Yeah. I think if you don't have empathy, you're not a human. Mm. Right. right. No. You're not a fully and, and, functioning human if you don't have empathy. And I think one of the first things that I went out was an Oscar thing that you were one of the first people to thank me on. I was pissed off about sort of politics. Of, of, of thing. Let's not talk about that, but I saw your authenticity and I loved it. And that's, I always felt like um, true people are like Spartacus, they fight for those they love. <laughs> And I'm, I, I like to think that I, I, I like to think of myself as a ride or die type, ride or die type motherfucker. Yes, I will be there by your side, taking all the hits with you, as and I would go down fighting with you as long as we went down for the right reasons. Right on, absolutely, mm-hmm. Outlander. <laughs> I can't watch too much of it because it's too sassy. <laughs> what did you call it, honey? What Outlander? What did you? How do you refer to it as? Didn't you have some quite of a, uh, what was it, uh, history porn? What the, ah, damn yeah, it. Yeah, kind of like historical uh, yeah. porn or something. I was <laughs> I like, i got to get my porn. hit this I couldn't week. remember what she yeah. called it, but it was something like that. I had yeah, that thing for a minute. Feel, it, has, it definitely has that feel to it. I um, Yeah. Speaking of historical porn, that's something I was like, oh, I had the best ideas for that. Oh, no, my God. So we're not going to talk about <laughs> it. Bonnie and I we have, have, we have some stuff yet. up our sleeves. She's gonna re- y'all are going to reboot Caligula? <laughs> no, we're not gonna, that's a failure. We're not gonna fail. Yeah. Well, you know, I. But that was yeah. Bob Guccione. That dude had an eye how to film women. Yeah, that he did. Dude, you know, he loved he loved beautiful, exotic, and uniquely um, rare women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As did I. As did yeah. you. <laughs> Did I did I have I found my girl. Yeah, it's 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 incredibly uh, as you as you just said rare for somebody to literally be able to wind up with their dream girl at this stage in their lives. It's to to me that's one of the other things that just 
defines who you and I are is that it took us a while to get here, but God did it, did it wind up being worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a long, hard, lots of bloodshed and lots of tears shed battle of getting where you and I are, Brett, but we have definitely found who we were meant to be with. Absolutely. 100%. 1000%. And I'll tell you what, if I was to make a movie about it, I would slap you across the face <laughs> the next day and you would slap me across the face something 20, 30 years before and say, dude, go to San Francisco. You were just there. <laughs> Turn around. Go, go to the street and go up there and kiss that girl. Yep. And tell her you love her. Mm-hmm. You'll, 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 you owe me. <laughs> yeah. There are definitely so many things that I wish I could go back. I, I would give anything to reclaim the 30 years that that big gap that we lost between each other. But I swear, when 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 we picked up where we left off, it's like we never left off. Yeah, it was like a conversation just picked back up from the from the time before. And boy, was that a conversation. <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, was it, just, Shannon? Was uh, it a conversation? Uh, well, um, let's, was you know, that, <laughs> that thing about, um, let's see. Well, this was actually our first chat after 30 years when I contacted him on Facebook and say, hey, you remember me from 30 years ago? You know, the girl you got naked with and stuff and uh, <laughs> i was like um, at that time you know like i said on the first one i had no idea that i had been the first girl he'd done that with so yeah i, I hope he remembered that yeah because my response was remember yeah, you yeah i've never forgotten you and then he Aww. it was just a few nice pleasant pleasant little bit of conversation and then um he went for the jugular and uh it's been about two hours being extremely um what was that we said historical porn <laughs> uh kind of conversation and i'm sitting here going good god it became it became a prince song from 1983 you remember? I, it's so funny i was just gonna make babies let's make some time there you go <laughs> pretty much he knows the fucking score <laughs> Well, awesome. well, guys, I, I hate to cut this off, but I know we're pushing like the hour fifteen limit. You cut this yeah. hour, so <laughs> so I know we could probably go on for another fourteen hours, but I think I'd run out of run out of space on my SD card. <laughs> but we can we can just as easily pick this thing up where we left it off the next time you guys have some time to to, to carve out, and we'll we'll keep this conversation going because love it. This this has been this has been one of the most therapeutic, cathartic beautiful conversations i've had in a long time and oh. as as close as we already felt to you i f- i feel like we're even closer now i feel like our 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 bond with each other has just been has just been tightened it's like we've always oh. known each other you know this mm-hmm. is so strange i know <laughs> i know <laughs> well chad you and i you and i and i think we're pretty we're pretty badass, but we did kind of marry just in the fringe of outside of our range. So we we, we as, got our girls. As I like to say, we outkicked our coverage. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. There it is. Because believe me, I know when I walk in the room and people look at me, they're like, "How the fuck did that happen?" <laughs> they look at me like, "What is? How did? No. He must be really funny." A toast. a toast to this moment. Let's uh, yes, have sir. a toast and say to our better halves. Yes, sir. Oh, this was sweet, you guys. Thank you so much for having us on. We loved it. Thank Love you, you so much for being a part of it, man. And and and, and Man and ma'am, thank you so much for being with us here. 
so Absolutely. so we yeah again we will we will pick this up some other time just name the time name the place and and we're here for you guys thank you so much for being a part Brilliant. of it sounds good talk to you guys soon all right guys be safe you Love. too bye. all right bye-bye so that was a thing <laughs> so uh in 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 closing uh two of the two of the two nicer people i don't think you'll ever meet um they're an absolute joy uh uh, I, I got that vibe from Brett the moment that I met him back in 2015. And uh, he's he's truly a remarkable human being. And I'm so glad that he and Bonnie found each other. That's wonderful. It's as, as, just a fantastic story, and it has so many parallels with ours. I know. It's just, that's just amazing. Which comes back to what I always say. There are other people out there. Mm-hmm. You just have to find them. Yeah. You have to find that, that special person. Because don't give up. No, no. Never I give mean, up. You you heard the 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 passion and the conviction in their voices and, and the happiness and and just I mean I, this is the first time I we've had tears shed on the show uh-huh. and it happened several times and and that's that's <laughs> that that gives you hope for for. For life, it really does. Yes. I mean, yes. I, I, I'm I'm at a loss for words because I'm so overwhelmed by how truly remarkable those two are, um, and uh, it's it's good to see that that much happiness can be contagious, and it it, it, it is talk about light bulbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they they've had they've had multiple light bulb moments. So. <sighs> I feel so much better now, <laughs> and I hope you guys do too. Uh, I, I know this was this one ran kind of long, but uh, they had so much story to tell, and it sounds like they were just kind of you know just getting started. Just getting We'd started love to hear some more. Yeah, um, talk about a little bit about their film that they have in the film festival. Yeah, right now. yeah. We kind of skipped over that yeah, a little yeah. bit, and yeah. it's it's really great. It's, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cute. And it's a really amazing film. It's called Coffee with Exes, mm-hmm. and they it's it's played at several film festivals. And it's uh, winning awards, yeah, everywhere. internationally. Like you know, they got accepted at the Cannes Film Festival, and you know that's that's no small feat. Uh, no, I'm just so happy for them. I'm yeah. so proud of them for their success. It's that's wonderful. Brett's a truly a, a, a remarkable storyteller, and so is Bonnie. And mm-hmm. you uh, just that that is just a match made. They they belong together, and I can't wait to see what their future holds and what what our future will look like because they're just going to make it a better place. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're going to make the world a better place to live in, and we're lucky to have them in our lives. We all are. So. Uh, For the Electric Jellyfish Podcast, this is Chad. And this is Shannon. And yes, this is where... Everybody has a voice. Good night, guys. Thanks for being there.